0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the share your story tab on the church center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or, if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us, and enjoy today's service.
1: Good morning, Fellowship Church! Did you come ready to worship? Are you ready to walk out of that grave and praise God for what He's doing in your life? Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. Saturday will sigh Surely in the soon Soon as possible
2: that we could say, but it would never compare to who you are. So I pray, God, if there's anybody that's struggling with their perspective this morning, I pray that you would shift it in the name of Jesus. God, that we would be able to see when we turn our eyes on you, that everything else fades away. When we turn our eyes to Jesus, God, you're the only thing that matters and the rest of this will pass away, but you are forever. So we just fixed our gaze on you right now.
3: God, you're so worthy. We thank you so much for how awesome you are. We thank you, Lord, that we can worship in this place and we can come together as a church family, Lord God. We can have friendships. We can have relationships with each other, Lord God. But most of all, we can have an intimate relationship with you. So thank you for meeting with us today, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the way that you just touched our hearts. I pray, God, that you would continue to soften our hearts for the rest of this morning, what you have for us. I pray, Lord God, that your message that's crafted, Lord, through our pastor this morning would be uh, just for us. Lord, that we would receive from it. We would leave from this place different, Lord God, with a completely different perspective. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him another praise offering. So worth it. So worth it. He's so good. Well, guys, you can make your way back to your seats as you do if you wanna greet each other. Thank you so much for coming out. To Fellowship Church this morning uh, for you, if you're a guest or a visitor. Thank you for choosing Fellowship Church. Now you may be watching from home this morning. Thank you so much. have many, many online uh, watchers and thank you so much for choosing Fellowship Church. You could choose a lot of different churches to watch this morning, but you chose us and we thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of this family. Now, if you're a guest or a visitor, whether you're watching at home or here in the auditorium, the best way to get more information and get registered here at Fellowship Church is to do so by texting the word fellowship to 94000. Just take your smartphone out, do that. You'll be given over to a link and uh, you can download some more information about the church. If you're a guest this morning live with us, we would also like to ask you if you would swing by the information counter. We have a free gift for you. If you wanna fill out a visitor's card, you'll get a free specialty drink to our coffee shop for everybody within your visiting Well, this last weekend, uh, or this last week, we celebrated Veterans Day, and we never want to go or skip past that holiday because it is very, very special to us, because those men and women who sacrificed themselves and served for us keep the very freedom so that we can worship like we do on a Sunday morning. So if you have served in any capacity within our military, if you would just stand up so we can honor you this morning, whether it was Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, thank you, Spurs, National Guard. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, so much for uh, for serving and for fighting for us and protecting our freedoms. Thank you so, so much for that. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now with a giving of tithes and offerings. We worshiped with song and with music. Now we're gonna worship with giving. So I hope you've come prepared to give back to the Lord. We don't pass uh, uh, plates or buckets here. Uh, it's super, super e- easy to give. If you'd like to be a part of our ministry and supporting it, you can do so. By the Church Center app, that's the easiest. You can text tithe, you can also give through our website, or if you're old school like me, you can write a check and there's offering boxes in the lobby. But as you get ready to give, let me say a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for everything you've done in our lives, for everything you've given us. It's it's amazing how you take care of us. And in times when, times really where we should be short, you come through and you make sure we have plenty. You always make sure our needs are met and we praise you for that. And I pray now that as we give back to you, Lord, that you would help us to give with a cheerful heart. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would know that this is is more worship of you, showing you worth in our life, giving you our first 10%. So God, we give it to you, we give it to you with a cheerful heart. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in our life and what you're gonna continue to do in our churches. And so we thank you for these things and we praise you in Jesus' name amen. Well, here's some more things that are happening here at Fellowship.
4: Fellowship family, we want you to be able to make the most out of your Sunday mornings here at Fellowship Church. To do that, you can serve somewhere, or we have some amazing group opportunities. Between the 9 and 11 o'clock services, we have a men's group called Valor, or we have a women's support group. You can join those classes at any time, and to find more information, check out the Church Center app. Speaking of our Church Center app, if you have not downloaded that yet, please do. It's an amazing way for you to know what's going on here at Fellowship Church. If you already have downloaded the Church Center app, then we'd love for you to update your personal information, whether that's a change of an address, phone numbers, even pictures of yourself and your kids. It helps us so much in our nursery and kids area when we have accurate, up-to-date pictures of your kids as well as yourselves, so please do that this week. Thank you so much again for joining us here online and in person here at Fellowship Church. Enjoy the rest of service.
5: See o you
6: well good morning church family I hope you are excited to be here today. I'm excited. Uh, this whole series, I've really enjoyed um, taking uh, our church through, and I also hope and pray that it's been an encouragement to you. Uh, I hope that it's been something that God has used to help strengthen you in your faith, strengthen you in your walk. And today, I want to kind of continue on with this. With the la- we're we're seri- ending the series today in this last series title, "Strong Enough." For where he's taking me, strong enough for where he's taking me. And we're doing this because, you know, God doesn't just strengthen you for where you are, he's strengthening you for where he wants to take you. And today I'm going to dive into a verse, and um, this verse, you you might think, well, that's kind of a short, strange verse, but uh, trust me, I believe that uh, if we open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to what God wants to say, there is so much that he can speak to us through this simple verse today when it comes to being strengthened and understanding the process that he wants us to go through. So are you ready for this today? All right, I believe that some of you are ready. Some of you are quiet and you're not ready yet. So we need to pray for you. So, pray for me right now as I pray for you every week. And I hope that you'll pray for me as I speak because the last thing you need is my opinions. You don't need me to distract you from God's word, but instead, I hope that you'll pray for me that God can use me as a mouthpiece, a voice for His word today so that we could all be changed. So, let's talk to Him together. Let's do it right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We ask that your Holy Spirit, as you've already been with us in this room, You'll meet with us now. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, so that we can understand what it is that you want to speak to us today in this message. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at this verse. This is Jesus speaking in John chapter 7, verse 6. Therefore, Jesus told them, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. Kind of a strange verse a short verse but he's like they're talking to him and hey hey Jesus is like it's your time let's like get this show on the road let's like time let's bring your kingdom and he's like listen listen my time is not yet here but for you it's like any time will do I believe that there's a lot that we can get out of this today and I want to start off by asking a question have you ever felt like God was going to do something in your life. Like he had a purpose for you, but instead of you fulfilling that purpose, instead of of you seeing it come to fruition, what seems to happen is just over and over and over again, you run into another struggle, another problem, another delay, and you find yourself just waiting for it to happen. Am I the only one that this has ever happened to? Apparently there's some of you, you just ask for stuff and it happens. Like, If you didn't raise your hand, can you meet with me afterwards? I got some stuff I'd like you to pray for me um, after the service is over. But man, it's like I can feel that way sometimes. And what Jesus is saying in this statement, if you just missed it, is it's a matter of timing. Right? Because he said, my time has not yet come. But for you, it's like any time will do. It's like, you can, you can get this idea. He's speaking to his disciples like, well, it looks like things are right. We want things to happen a certain way. So it's like, it should be now. And, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. He's de- demonstrating something that all of us as believers need to understand. And that is when we're growing, that is when, when we're following God and we pray for things, that timing is important. It matters. It matters for so many different reasons. And I, I believe that we're gonna dive into that in a little bit of depth today as we close this series out. But it, it, it matters that we learn how to wait. Because I'm gonna go ahead and just rip off the Band-Aid and, and kind of tell you what this topic is about today. And, and I think it's gonna frustrate some and, uh, and, and really help many of us. But, but I think it's something we all need to understand. And it's this, God uses times of patience to strengthen us. I don't like that point. It was my message. I wrote this message. I don't like the point. But God uses times of patience to strengthen us. That that there's timing involved where, where sometimes he will take you through times where you have to wait, you have to learn, you have to grow, you have to develop. Because if you do not, you will not be strong enough for where God is trying to take you. And I don't like the point because I don't know about you, but I hate waiting for things. Amen. That got an amen. Come on. I hate waiting for things. I don't know, like, what kind of weirdo would be like, yeah, I like waiting. I like long lines in traffic. I like it when you go to the store and it's just the grocery lines. Like, like if that's you, you just get out of here. I can't even relate with you. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. So it's like, no, I hate waiting. And, and here's the thing. I'm married to a woman and I have two teenage daughters. So guess what I do for most of my life? I Wait. I wait, there's a lot of waiting and they're not in this room right now, so I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's like, man, seriously, like it was your idea to go to the store? Why am I still waiting for you to go to the store? It's like, I remember Tim talking about this years ago and I didn't understand it until now, I'm in this stage of life where they'll be like, hey dad, what's up? It's like, would you take us to Ulta? Like, well, first off, I hate that store. We're Like no, come on, please, just take us. We'll go hang out with like. Okay, fine. Let's go. Let's get in the car. I'm like, I go get in the car. They're not even there. I'm honking the horn. Like, come on, girls, let's go. Like, come on. They're like, hold on. I just, I got to change my shoes again. I'm like, you just, you had shoes on. It's like they didn't go with my outfit, so I got to change them again. I'm like, so I go back inside and I start watching TV. And it's like they changed five times. And then they want to go. We go get in the car and then we drive to the store my wife is there my girls are in the back we get to the store the whole purpose of being in the car is to go to Ulta so you have the whole time to be ready to be prepared to go to Ulta that's the way I think at least because I get there I park I unbuckle I turn the car off I get out of the car I start walking towards Ulta and I realize it's silent I turn around and I look. My whole family's still sitting in the car. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like my daughter's in the back seat. They're on TikTok. They're on like Snapchat. They're doing all the stuff like that. My wife is fixing her makeup before she goes in the store where she's gonna buy makeup. She's standing there, still looking into fixing her makeup. I'm like, guys, this whole time you were you could have been prepared for this. Why am I waiting on you? I can't stand waiting. I don't want them to hear about this and me have to sleep on the couch, so I'm gonna change subjects. (laughs) Let's turn this into shopping. I am the type of person where if I'm buying something something on Amazon and it's not Prime, I'm not buying it. (laughs) So I, I have to wait two extra days for that? What, is this the 1800s? What kind of bull is this? It's ridiculous. Like, no, I hate waiting. I I hate I hate it. 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 But what we see here today is that Jesus says something to his disciples as he says, hey, 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 my time has not yet come. There's a little more waiting I have to do right now. See, the Father is still doing something to me. There's still some development taking place. There's still something going on right now. So it's like, though I want things to happen now, and though you might want things to happen now, the timing is not right. And I'm here to tell you today that there are some of you that you feel like you have been in a waiting phase for so long in your life, for a season where you have been just like, God, I wanna see things happen. I wanna see my marriage turn around. I want uh, something to happen in my finances, I want to raise, I want to get the management position, I want all these different things. And you're waiting, and you're waiting. God, I need a man. Would you bring me a man? I need a knight in shining armor. God, bring me the woman of my dreams. I need a bride. I need someone who I could share my life with. I need it, and you're waiting. And you're like, I don't like this waiting thing, but I'm here to tell you today that God shows us that there is a timing process where we have to understand that in the waiting, in waiting on the Lord, he uses that time of patience to strengthen us. And man, that's not the very fun to talk about. You know, but the truth is if we're followers of Christ, then we should be building things. Right? He's the creator, so he wants us to recreate to procreate to take the gifts that he's put in us and and create things with it so he he expects us to build so we should be building our relationships we should be building jobs we should be building our influence and and building the kingdom we should be building these different things in our life but what god is more interested in in your life is building you he wants to build the builder and that's what times of waiting is all about. That's what times of patience is all about, is that that he's building you so that you're ready for where he's taking you because do you recognize if he is getting you to a place of blessing that you've been praying for, you have to be strong enough to be able to handle it. What, what kind of a gift would it be if he gave you something that you couldn't handle? No, he wants to use times where he, he blesses you and... Changes you, but he uses times of waiting to, to grow us. I think the frustrating thing about patience is that you don't lo- learn patience in a book, you don't learn patience in a classroom, you don't learn patience in a church. In fact, I learned some patience in a church when I was growing up, I grew up in the South. And in the South, we had these like marathon services, right? Like as a little kid, we would go to church, and I would sleep on the pew on my mom's lap, and she would like pinch me and try to get me to sit up so the preacher would think that I was listening and paying attention. I was five years old; I was not listening or paying attention. But I would sit there, and we would—he would talk for hours and hours and hours. This is like old Baptist church style, where it's like you just—he you, just preach and preach and preach and preach and preach. And I didn't get it because what we would do is he would preach until lunchtime we go have lunch and we would come back in the afternoon and he would keep preaching that evening. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Long-winded pastors, can you believe that? Don't look at me like that. I'm getting to a point here. You got to be patient. I'll get to the point because we're not talking about me right now. I'm talking about how I was raised. It's like, it's like you, you can, you can experience things where you have to have a little patience in life, maybe in church or in work or in your classroom or something like that, but you don't learn patience in a classroom setting. You only learn patience when God puts you in a season, in a situation where you have to exercise patience or go insane. Do you know what I'm talking about? So you are never gonna get on YouTube or read enough books To learn how to get strong, you're going to have to go to the gym and put yourself in experiences where you're under so much stress and muscle fatigue that you get strong. And God wants to take many of us to the gym of patience and put you into a place where he can develop you. And in patience, he develops your character. He develops your relationships. He develops your strength. He develops your backbone, and he develops your shoulders. And we need that. So we need to start cooperating with God for when he takes us through times where we have to wait. Instead of just like, because what a lot of Christians will do is Christians will pray for patience. The Bible says, don't pray for patience, right? (laughs) Did you know that? Some of you don't know that and you need to know that. The Bible says do not pray for patience and this is why. God will put you in a place where if you pray and ask for something, what he will do is he will put that in you and then he will test to see if his word went forward and changed you. So what he will do is he will test to see, are you patient? So if you ask for patience, he's gonna put you in a place where you have to be patient and then he he will see whether or not his fruit is in you. So I have been in prayer groups before Everyone's sitting around holding hands. Dear Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're awesome, God, amen. (laughs) Oh, you've been there too? You know, the, the circles where people squeeze hands, like if they don't wanna pray, it goes around. Like anyone, yeah. Been in these circles and someone's like, Lord, give us patience. I'm like, whoa! I thought I was in the right group. I'm in the right. God. I, I want you to notice. I was not in that group. You get your own prayer group. I'm in a different prayer group over here. If you're going to be testing me on something, God, I'm in the group where I'm like, Heavenly Father, would you give us millions of dollars and teach us how to be joyful about the millions of dollars and give me joy overflowing, God? That's what I pray for. Pray for patience. All you want over there, I'm praying for God to show me how to be happy all the time praying for patience and crazy, not my group. But we learn patience by going through experiences that God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to do something. Have you ever wondered why am I still waiting? Why have I not got here yet? Why have I not received the promises of God yet? God is building the builder. He's strengthening your shoulders. I'm gonna go ahead and jump through some points today because you're gonna need patience for three different areas in your life. And then after that, I'm gonna talk about how God uses that to strengthen us because you're gonna need that same strength you get from patience for three different areas. So first, the three different areas that you're gonna need patience, write it down. Put it on Instagram, text your mom. I don't care what you do, but make sure it soaks in. These are three areas that you need patience for, okay? Number one, you need patience for people. You're like, no duh, Pastor Dan. I'm sitting right next to him right now. (laughs) Did someone just say amen to that? (laughs) You did that to yourself? (laughs) We need patience for people, and this is the truth. We are all a work in progress, and God is developing each and every one of us. And the truth is, some of the people that we need in our lives, God is still working on them. Isn't it weird that we want everyone else to be at a place of perfection where they never hurt us, they never fail us, they never mess up in any way, they're always there, they always come through, they they never struggle, but we, we have a lot more grace towards ourselves. Have you noticed that we can tend to have impatience with everybody else's process, but we are very patient with our own process? It's like, you say it this way, it's like, I, I expect God to give me grace and take his time with me and, like, and offer me forgiveness when, when I struggle and I messed up again and again and again. I want people to have grace with me, but you mess up one time. It's like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you get your act together? And the truth is, God is working on each and every one of us. So we need grace and we need patience for people because we want God to take his time with all of us. And sometimes we're waiting for God to bring people into our life and we have to be patient with it because maybe who you're waiting on, God is still working on. It's like maybe the same Joseph that could save your life in Egypt right now is an immature, reckless child who's getting himself into all sorts of trouble. So God's gotta work on them. And it's like, do, do we want God to work on Joseph so he could get to that right place? Or are we gonna be patient with him? Or are we just gonna write him off and be like, I got nothing, I want nothing to do with you? And in our lives, I wonder how many times God is working on someone that you are desperately going to need in your life, and you so easily can write them off and act like they don't matter simply because God's working on them. What if they did that to you? What if you're supposed to be helping someone and God is working on you but you've, you're just getting written off by so many people? I think we've, we've felt that. We've experienced that. And, and here's a question I have for you. Is, is God working on you or are you already perfect? Because man. God, why am I waiting? I've been praying for a man for so long. I've been praying for a spouse for so long. I've been praying for management position for so long. I've been praying for these things. I I want to be better in my relationships and my leadership. And and God, would you just bring people to me? But let me ask you a question. If God were to bring you that perfect person, which one does not exist, But if he were to bring you that person, are you ready for them? If he were to bring you a wonderful friend, would he be unjust to that friend by bringing them into your life because you have not been developed through patience yet? Like, You pray for the man, God brings you the man. I I wonder, could he bring you the man too early to where now, since you're not ready for it, you don't know how to have the relationship and have the marriage that you've been praying for? Could it be possible that we need to be patient with people and we need to be patient with ourselves because God will not give you something that's not going to be a gift to you? I want to be married, but are you ready to be a good spouse? I want, I want to be, I want to have friends, but are you, are you ready to be a good friend? James 1 says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, okay? So God tests our faith with patience and then, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So God uses patience to perfect us. And I wonder, are you ready for the people that God wants to bring in your life? You need patience, number one, for people. Number two, you need patience for the promises and the promises of God. See, whatever God promises you must be possessed through patience. Hebrews 6.12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, someone say faith and patience. Who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So it takes both faith and patience to possess what God has promised you. We've got to be patient with the fact that when he tells us he's going to give us something, he's going to produce something in our lives, there's a process for us to grow in that. So we need patience for people, we need it for the promises of God, and then number three, we need patience for our purpose, for our purpose, catch this, purpose is not about doing something, purpose is about becoming someone. That's what we have to understand. Because for us, we get our eyes on the prize. We get our eyes on the goals. We think, my purpose is I'm gonna accomplish this or this or this. I'm gonna acquire this or this or this. And God doesn't care about what you accomplish or what you acquire. He cares about the character he can produce in you. So when it comes to your purpose, he's more involved in changing your character to look more like him so you can be more effective and you can be more happy and joyful and, and, and get through the struggles that you would have the strength and the shoulders to be able to handle what he wants to give you. See, there's it's one thing to have the gift to perform, but it's a completely different thing to, ha- to have the shoulders to be able to, to carry what your gift brings you. Have you ever noticed that in life? Have you ever met someone who's like, they maybe could sing really well, or they were really good in leadership or business or something like that and it 's like their gift brought them to places that their character could not sustain them at. Have you ever seen that? ever seen actors who 's like their gift brought them to places of complete wealth and, and and they find themselves strung out and depressed and suicidal a gift bringing them to some place where it's like, this is what they wanted, but the gift wasn't actually a good thing for them because they didn't have the shoulders for it. See, if you get a gift before you can handle it, is it a good gift or is it a bad gift? Like as a father, it's like, I can think of a good gift. Like what if what if I were to go out and I were to buy, like let's just say a BMW 5 Series black with caramel interior and just... It's got that beautiful leather smell, the sports package, the you know, the IS, the like get like the the totally sweet car, right? And I decide because I'm a good father, I want to give my 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 kids a gift, so I were to choose to give a car to my five year old daughter. (laughs) You're awesome. That's my point. What the heck? Would that be a gift or would that be a really, really dangerous tool that could destroy my daughter? Now, it's a different story that my daughters are 15 and 17 now. It's like I said that in the first service and they're like, yes, please. I'm like, yeah, you, you work and you get your own job and you get your own car. And it's like, I, I'm helping you, but understand something It's like, It's a good gift if you're ready for it, if you're not strong enough and you're not developed for it. A good gift can be a terrible gift. Uh, The right marriage in the wrong time, the right job before you've developed, the right amount of finances before you develop These could be terrible things. They can destroy you. See, God wants to strengthen your faith. He wants to strengthen your shoulders. He wants to strengthen you and get you to a place where you are ready for it. That is what Jesus is saying when he's saying, my time has not yet come. See, for you, any time will do. What's happening here is he is being, in our modern vernacular, he's being gassed up by his disciples, his disciples are like, Jesus, we've seen your gifting, and your gifting is bringing you to an awesome level. Your gifting, like we, you've seen you walk on water, you've turned water into wine, we've seen you raise the dead, we've seen you heal sick people, we've seen you do all the cool stuff, like you cast demons out of people and all that. It's time for you to bring your kingdom. Why don't we overthrow Rome? You be the ruler, you do the thing. You, and he's like, guys, it's not my time yet. The Heavenly Father is still developing things in me. It's like, if I don't, because see, he knew what he was doing was bigger than anything earthly. He was going to the cross. He was going to die and bring the the kingdom of heaven into our lives and and to give us forgiveness and give us a way where we could come before the Father. He was going to raise again to give us resurrected life to where we could live forever with him in heaven. He had something so much bigger and they're gasping, like, do this, do this. He's like, this is not my time. I'm not Ready yet? And some of us were praying, God, give me the man, give me the job, give me the gifts, give me the ability, give me the raise, give me the cabin in the woods, give me the boat. We're praying for these different things. And and it's like, God's like, listen, I can't give that to you yet because you're not ready for it. You ever met someone who goes to church and prays for something, and since things don't work out exactly the way, they expected it to work out. They're like, oh, I tried that church thing. It just doesn't work. I, I prayed for the job and didn't get it so It just doesn't work. I, I, I tried that for a little bit. I tried tithing. I tried serving. I tried those different things, and it just doesn't work. And they treat their relationship with God like a slot machine where it's like, I'm going to pull this lever once, and if things don't go my way, then I'm turning my back on this. That's what a life looks like without being developed by patience. Because God wants to take you through the times where you pull the slot machine. You serve. You work. You stay faithful. And things still might not go your way. Why? Because he's developing a backbone in you so that when you finally get what you've been praying for, you're strong enough to be able to handle what he's given you. Because I don't know if you know this, but but there is weight that comes with everything in our lives. Weight that comes with everything good in our lives. And you see, this is why God wants to develop you and strengthen you through patience, okay? So we've talked about you, you need patience for people. You need patience for the promises. You need patience for your purpose. This is why you need to be strengthened through patience is because of these three things, okay? Number one, you need to be strengthened by patience. Number one, Because of your betrayers. Because of your betrayers. Can you deal with the Judases of life and not get jaded? You need big shoulders to handle the Judases and not get jaded. Because some of you, you've been hurt by people. You've, you, you've had people who have betrayed you, who have stuck a knife in your back, who have turned on you. And it's like, what can happen if you get jaded? Because the enemy is not just interested in destroying you he and killing you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to get you jaded so that now you're hurting other people as well. Because Judas was the only one in the group that betrayed Jesus. And we don't see that Jesus started looking at everyone else funny. But how many of us have been hurt? And now we're starting to look at everyone else around us like, oh, what, you gonna hurt me too? What, what do you really got going on? What's your secret? Some of you ladies, you, you've had men hurt you in the past and now you think all men are terrible? Or, some men, you, you've had a woman hurt you now all women are terrible? That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to... He wants to get you to the point where you're jaded, where you look, you're looking for everyone to betray you, everyone to turn their back on you. And, and, and here is the truth, is I wonder, are you strong enough? Has God brought you through the de- developmental phase in, uh, in, in, in place of patience where he's grown your back to a place where you can get a knife stuck in your back by an enemy and still love people? Because man, Jesus, he still fed Judas he still washed Judas' feet. I don't know about you, but I'd be hard to do. I'd be like, get up out of my house and I ain't touching your nasty feet. With y'all, you'd walk yourself on somewhere else. But no, Jesus was like, listen. It's like, I know what's in you. I know that you're gonna fail. I know that you're struggling. I still love you. And see, God wants to develop you because you're going to deal with betrayal in your life. And I wonder, can you deal with those betrayals with grace and love and mercy and be able to handle people who hate you that are close to you? Because here's the truth. This was not an enemy that was far off. This was someone who was close to Jesus. This was someone who was in the inner circle. We saw this with David. David was betrayed by Absalom, his son, betrayed by other friends, and, and he wrote Psalms 55, verse 12, it says, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide, but it is you, a man like myself, my companion, a close friend. See, so he's saying, if this was an enemy, I could handle it, but this was someone close, and it takes someone close to be a betrayer. Take someone close in your life, and Joab, one of them, David's friends had to finally come out and say, listen, you love those who hate you and you hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. I see see that you would be pleased if Absalom were alive today and all of us were dead. He's saying you're so focused on Absalom, your betrayer, that you're ignoring the men around you that love you. And I wonder, are you so focused on the people that have hurt you in your life that you're ignoring the very people that God has put around you to help you and to love you now? It's why he wants to strengthen you is because if you're not strong, you will take a knife in the back and you will start to see everyone that God has put around you for good as an enemy. So you need to be strengthened, but number one, because of your betrayers. Number two, you need to be strengthened for your Barnabases. Like what is the Barnabas? Barnabas was a man in the New Testament who partnered in ministry with the Apostle Paul. And Barnabas is an example. Of Barnabas um, is an example of a person that is just as good at what they do as you are at what you do. Can you be around talented, gifted people? God has to strengthen you to get you to the point in life where you can be around other people who are just as good as you are and not be jealous. And a lot of people, because of weakness and insecurity in our lives, will surround ourselves with subordinates, people that aren't as gifted as us, because we want the spotlight for ourselves. I can't handle you having the credit So I wanna have the credit myself. So I'm just gonna hang out with people where I'm the smartest person in the room. (laughs) Don't ever hang out where you're the smartest person in the room. If you wanna grow in life, be the dumbest person in the room. Find other people you can learn from, you can grow from, that'll stretch you, that'll bring you along. that I'll be like, that is a dumb decision. You need to change the way you're thinking. That's what we need. But a lot of people are unwilling to be around Barnabases in our lives because we're too weak to be able to share the spotlight. And other people start giving them praise and they're like, man, look what they did. Look how they changed the business. Look how our revenue's gone up. And you're thinking, well, I, I was a part of that. Why didn't I get credit? How, where's my cake? You know, I want my cake and he's getting his cake and I don't get my cake. And it's like, why are we not celebrating? Go, wait a minute. God has blessed me with the fact that there are people around me that can do the work to where I don't have to work as hard. And yet I'm still receiving the blessing. It was the enemy. It was Satan who was like, no, 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 no. I need the glory. I need people to sing my praises. I need the spotlight on me. I need it. So this is a wicked thing. This is an evil thing where you start to reject the, the strengths of other people because of your own weaknesses, so sometimes we don't have success in business and we don't have success in different areas of our lives and we go, why not? And it's because God knows that if he puts the right people in your life that are talented, you might be too insecure to receive the blessings that they can bring into your life. So what does he do? He takes you through phases and stages of patience so you can learn. So you can get stronger. So you can grow. So when the Barnabas is coming in your life, you celebrate them. You're like, I don't need the spotlight on me. I want to thank God for the fact that He put people in my life that'll help me. So you need strength because of your betrayers. You need strength because of Barnabas. And then to close today, number three, you need strength because of your blessings. You need strength for blessings. See, blessings are not your purpose. And there are certain things that we will experience in life that will feel like a blessing, but uh, truthfully, um, Christians call bless a lot of what Christians call blessings are simply consolation prizes for the difficulties that you're already going through. It's like sometimes God is just making your life a little bit easier because of the things that you're already having to go through. But sometimes what God wants to do is he wants to bless you and give you so much purpose and so much joy and so much happiness that that you actually are going to be changed by it. And that change is heavy. How many of you know already that, that blessings are actually heavier than the difficulties that you have when you're not blessed? Yeah, there's only a couple hands that went up. And I think that's why so much of our culture gets so confused by this as we think, if I just get blessed, if I just get more money, if I just get the right marriage, if I just get the right job, then things will be easier. And scripture tells us that that is exactly the opposite of the truth. That, That blessings actually are heavier than the difficulty that you deal with. Let, first, let, let, let me read this to you so you know I'm not just making stuff up. This is not rhetoric. Let me read this to you and then I'll give you some examples. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light afflictions, the troubles we go through, our light, it's light and weight, our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of Glory. He's saying the afflictions, the problems are light. The glory, the blessing, the eternity that God gives us, it's weighty, it's heavy, it's difficult. This is what I mean by that. In business, you're like, man. I go in. I punch the clock. I clock in day in, day out. People always tell me what to do. It's like I got, I got to be there on time, and then I got to leave after uh, at the right time, or I will get in trouble for going over on my hours. I got like all these things. That, like I just go there. They don't appreciate me for nothing. I just show up, and I got to work, and then I come home and work. If I just had the job in management, if I just had the blessing, if I just had the more income, and then you get the job in management, and you go, wait a minute, I still work at nine to five. I still got to go punch in and punch out but now I have to deal with the complaints of all of the people that now work for me and why are they not showing up on time? So now I have to correct them and now everyone hates me at my office because people just like to, not like their bosses. So now they're all upset with me. I've got the stress that they're bringing to me. I've got my own stresses, my own works and now my phone's ringing after the office is closed and people are asking me questions and they're expecting me to fix things and it was like, man, I remember when things were easy. I remember when things were light. Oh, but what were you praying for? I was praying to be blessed. I was praying for management. I was praying for the right job. I was praying for the executive level income. Then you get the executive level income and you get the executive house and that house is more expensive to take care of and more expensive for heating and it's like when there's some sort of problem with it, it's a lot more to take care of and now you gotta have house sitters when you leave town because like it's a big deal and you've got alarm systems. You've got all these sorts of things and it's like, whoa, I remember when things were easy. That's a fat mortgage check I'm paying every month. I remember when things were easy. It's like you were single and you, you were on your own schedule and you could just come and go when you wanted and like eat the food that you wanted. And like it's like now you pray, God, I want to be married. And now all of a sudden someone expects you to be home at a certain time. And it's like they, they expect you to eat dinner with them and they expect you to, to act a certain way and to not just throw your clothes on the ground next to the hamper, but to put them in the hamper on the ground. And it's like, it's like, this person doesn't even vote like me. And I'm not even talking about politics. I'm talking about what I want to eat. I voted for steak. Why are you voting for kale? (laughs) Which is easier? I don't know. The far exceeding weight of glory. Do you understand that so many of us were praying, God, would you bless me? But just like me throwing the keys of a car to a five-year-old, certain blessings will destroy you if you're not ready for it. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying some of you have been discouraged and frustrated because you're like, God, why is this taking so long? And he's saying, Because I'm doing a work in you before I'm going to do a work for you. He wants to strengthen you. Because if he can strengthen you, if you can get to a point where you just cooperate, with the times, the seasons where you have to be patient and he can build a backbone into you where when he puts things on you, not only can it be a blessing for you, it can be a blessing for your family and your friends and your coworkers and your employees. See, God wants to bless the world. He wants to bless our culture. And you know how he does it? Through blessing you. Are you ready to be blessed? Are you still complaining that you're waiting? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for the fact that you've taken us to a place where you wanna bless us. And God, we repent right now for the fact that some of us, you know what, we have been complaining because we don't like to wait, but we recognize now that, that God, it's all about your timing. And just like Jesus showed us that that, that, that he's not gonna rush something that the Heavenly Father doesn't have in its timing right now, that God, in the same way, we're not gonna rush what you're doing in our lives. So I pray, God, that we would learn and we would grow and we would develop and that you would strengthen us, Lord, to be able to be blessed and to be a blessing to other people. Thank you that you won't give us a good gift in bad timing and hurt us with it, but you love us enough to give us good gifts in your right timing. So please be with my friends listening online and here in this room, my brothers and sisters, bless them, God. Strengthen them. Help us, God, when it comes to the gift of patience. I'm not asking you to test us in it. I'm I'm asking for your help. Please bless us, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise. We're so thankful for his love for us. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for joining with us online. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week until then.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.